Welcome to the 938 Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Josh Lane, uh, missionary to the Dominican Republic, and also his father, Roy Lane. Welcome, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to have both of you here today. Thanks for having us. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about uh, the fact that you're here and, and what we're talking about missions and how God's calling people. Uh, just two days ago, on Sunday, October the 3rd, we observed the first of the annual uh, Project 938 Sundays is what we're calling them. And, and it's a time that we're just calling God's people across the world to pray for more laborers. You know, Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 938, uh, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust forth labors into his harvest. And, and we're just joining together saying, God, would you put more people uh, into the harvest? So it's, it's great to meet with you this morning, just following that Sunday, and to, uh, to see from a parent's perspective what it's like to pray for your children and to see them enter into God's uh, harvest fields and the calling that he's put upon their life. Josh, you and, and your family, Tia, have been serving the Lord. You served as interim missionaries in the Dominican Republic with uh, veteran missionary West Lane and Malia. Uh, you worked with them since 2016, and then now you're back here in the United States. You've been uh, approved as a BBFI career missionary, which I assume that that means you're planning to go to the Dominican Republic and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ until he either changes your course or calls you home. Yes, would that sir. be? Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about that, would you? Well, uh, so when I was a teenager, I, I served in, in various ministries and things like that, and I never really thought about a calling per se. I always more or less looked at it like I had the opportunity to obey or disobey. And the older that I got and the, the, the closer I got to the Lord, uh, when I had opportunities to preach, uh, for me it was very much evident that it was a sin if I didn't take those opportunities. And as far as the Dominican Republic goes, uh, I took my first trip there in the year 2000 and uh, just fell in love with it, um, with the people. And I saw the Lord doing all kinds of things there. Not that he doesn't do things anywhere else, but I, sure. it was just those things really drew me. And um, so I started... Uh, college and it was in college that the Lord really started putting the Dominican Republic on my heart all the time and I kind of balked at it at first because I thought well that's where my uncle's at and so it's a safe place you know and I didn't I was I was really testing I really wanted to make sure it was God and so um, Tia was about five hours north at a different college and she uh, was on a career path to become a public school teacher and things like that and so neither missions Foreign missions was not really on either one of our uh, radar at that point. And, but the Lord just kept working and working and working in me. And so one night I was uh, sitting on my dad's couch, ironically, and uh, I, was, I was having some personal time with the Lord. And, and so I just told the Lord, I said, I, I believe that you're everywhere at all times. And I, I believe that you hear us when we talk. Yes. And uh, I, I know that's not just things that I say. Those are things that I believe. And uh, I believe Tia has the same Holy Spirit that I have. And so... Uh, if if the Dominican Republic is really where you want me to go, then I'm just going to sit back and wait and be quiet and just sh show me that through her. And about two months later, she called me on the telephone and she said, I, I really don't know how you're going to take this. And, and I said, take what? And she said, I, I think the Lord's calling me to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you can't make that stuff up. That's, that's, that's the God that we that's, serve. That's him. Yes. 
So you you and uh, Tia got together, and <clears throat> and you uh, have how many children now? We have three now. Three children, and give us their names and ages. We have Ezra is five, uh, Marilyn is two, and uh, our newest son, Jubal, just turned six weeks old. Six weeks old, wow. Now, I remember when you were... Uh, when you were recognized as a an interim missionary, what we called team in those days, um, but uh, Tia was expecting uh, Ezra at the time. Yes, and uh, and he was born with some health issues. But tell us, just share with that if you'd like to, uh, what God did. So he he was so actually the very day that we were recognized as as interim missionaries, uh, we actually stepped off the stage at the field house and went to South Springfield to Cox Hospital where specialists told us that all of his intestines and lower organs were outside of his body. Mm. Uh, at that time, he was 19 weeks in the womb. And uh, the, the specialist looked at me and he said, Mr. Lane, you just need to prepare yourself uh, from, he said, because I know men and women think differently. And he said, you need to prepare yourself that you're going to go over a million dollars in debt. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm supposed to go quit my job tomorrow, you know. <laughs> that's that's where my mind was, and um, and so long story short, uh, the Lord. Uh, about two months after that, the Lord was really really working on me at a, at a meeting in Arkansas, and just telling me over and over, He's not yours, He's mine. He's not yours, He's right. mine. And I went to the altar, and it's kind of surreal sitting here with my dad, and um, I told him I said, Lord, He's yours. And you do with him what you want. And uh, so he was born in September. Two months later, clean bill of health, uh, just to just to make the long story short, and I never paid a dime. You know, I, I remember those days because <clears throat> I was thinking of it, and, you know, that alone would have caused a lot of people to just say, I'm going to change the course of my life, and we're not going to follow through. But, but you and Tia knew that God had called you, and you knew that God was going to take care of things and provide, and, and just the testimony of how a clean bill of health and, and it didn't cost you anything. What a blessing that that God, you know, when we step out and follow God's plan, uh, what may seem hard to us at first, God takes care of it, doesn't he? Yes, sir, he does. And, and that's a living testimony. You know, uh, Brother Lane, I'm sure that, that you and, and Josh's mom, Sherry, have spent a lot of time on your knees in prayer uh, for Josh, uh, probably more than than just his spiritual life. <clears throat> he might have been Andre growing up, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that you've, <laughs> you've prayed and, and said, God, you know, take our children. And I was reading in Josh's testimony, and, and he recounted that when he was nine years old, that uh, God allowed you to be the one that, that took his word and, and led him to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, tell us a little about Josh's life and what it means to have your children. Well, you know, he said how he prayed that to God that Ezra belonged to God, not him. Mm-hmm. And that's always been our attitude with our kids. And to see them all, you know, being saved, well, him at an early age, with a whole lifetime to serve the Lord. We really tried to focus with our kids growing up. And uh, they grew up with me and Sherry in the ministry. So <clears throat> they saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess you could say. But we always tried to make sure that they understood that everything was about their personal relationship with God. And their personal relationship with God had nothing to do with me and me and Sherry's relationship with God. Ours was ours, and theirs was theirs. Right. But we would lead them in that. And uh, as they got older and started looking 
in the directions that God would have them to go. You know, there's such a pressure on kids today to know what they're supposed to be doing by the time they turn 16, 17 years old and go off to college and know exactly what their major is going to be and all this. I never pushed my kids in that direction. I wanted them to understand where did God want them to go. And so, uh, you know, he was growing up in West Texas. <laughs> there are a lot of stories there, but <laughs> we uh, were very active uh, there. And he had an opportunity to work with the Gospel Ministries to Children group out there and did a lot of Bible study, Bible clubs and things all over West Texas during the summer months and really got his feet wet serving the Lord that way. And uh, he loved to serve the Lord. So I, I figured that God would probably lead him some way in that direction, but I really didn't know for sure because he's got a lot of different abilities. So I began to just pray that God would lead him in the direction he wanted him to go, and we encouraged him and all of our other girls, our three girls, that, you know, as, uh, as God led them, wherever they decided that God was leading them, if they followed his will, that we'd back them up. didn't matter if it was ministry or not. Good. You know, Good. a lot of them, they feel, a lot of preachers' kids feel pressured into the ministry, and that's not where God wants them. And other kids, God does want them there, but because of the difficulties sometimes associated with it, the parents don't want them going that direction. We encouraged our kids, if you don't have to go to college, if God don't want you there, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that, you follow what God wants and we'll back you up 100%. So we watched God work in his heart and the lives of our girls, and we've been blessed to see them follow that. Amen. Well, if I'm understanding you correctly, then <clears throat> you weren't just praying that God would put him into ministry, but but that he would follow God and your daughters would follow God with a whole heart in whatever course of life he chose for them, uh, that they would be true to his calling and, and that you would back them up and pray for them. And, and I think part of the problem today is I've seen so many times over the years that parents will pray that God would give laborers, which is the focus of our, our theme, but it's God sending out laborers, but don't make it one of my kids. Right. Same thing with the pastors. They, they're praying for laborers, but they don't want their workers to be the ones that are sent, and the church is supposed to be sending them. It's not God calls them and keeps them. He calls them and sends them. Yes. So I think we need to get our focus back on making sure that we got our kids, both as parents and pastors, headed in the right direction. I, I know that you're speaking from experience, not just as a godly parent, but as a graduate of, of uh, early graduate of, of uh, Boston Baptist College. And, uh, and served as pastor in churches and, and, and you led by spiritual example. And, and Josh has a spiritual heritage not only in you, but in your brother, West Lane, who's a missionary in the Dominican Republic with his wife, Melina. And so what a great heritage it is to follow. Uh, but it's not, if I'm understanding, you're not saying do what I'm telling you to do or what I want you to do. Do what God wants you to do, and, and we're behind you. Yeah, see, and that's the way it was even with Growing up in the home I grew up in, my dad wasn't in the ministry. Mm -hmm. But him and mom always encouraged us kids, you do what God wants you to do. And they always supported us in that. And so, you know, and four out of their five kids in some form or another were in the ministry at some point in time, doing different things. And that's what I wanted for my kids. If God wanted him to stay in the trucking business, I was fine with that as long as he served the Lord while he's doing sure. it, you know. Good. So, yeah. And, you know, and that brings us all back to the uh, the Project 938 Sunday that we just observed and, and called for all of 
God's churches internationally and, you know, as far as well as here in the United States to, to be praying according to Jesus' request to his disciples in Matthew nine thirty eight, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would put forth labors into the harvest. And of course, as a mission director here in the, for the Baptist Bible Fellowship, I would love to see tons of, of people surrender to foreign missions uh, and let's continue to get the gospel worldwide. But we know that that verse is not just talking about missionaries. It's talking about people in all aspects of ministry uh, through in their local church and, and in their private lives. You know, we need Sunday school workers. We need bus drivers in, in some churches. We need, we need just faithful people that will serve God. And I think we've already talked about this uh, in the office, but, you know, it's, uh, God has never stopped calling people. And uh, I believe that people have just quit saying yes to God mm-hmm. and uh, saying, Lord, I, I surrender regardless of what it is, regardless of what hardships may come in my life. Uh, regardless of how Satan may attack my family, uh, we're committed. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like what the designation we have, career missionaries. And I hope that that's a, not just in the physical sense of uh, the worldly thought of I've committed to a career, but I'm giving my entire life to the Lord uh, to use me until he comes back. You know, Brother Roy, what advice would you give to Christian parents regarding their children and, and encouraging them uh, to serve the Lord? Well, first I'd say pray for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the key to everything. And, uh, and then when God answers the prayer, be glad that he did because it ain't always going to be the way you think. Right. In fact, uh, we were uh, Josh and I were talking about this the other day and when we was up at the national meeting uh, there was a revival meeting coming at Hillside Baptist. Pastor Tolbert had scheduled an evangelist to come in, and one of the things he wanted to do in preparation for that was during the whole entire month leading up to that, wanted to do some cottage prayer meetings. So we hosted one at our house. And during that cottage prayer meeting, uh, of course, everyone would go around the room and pray, you know. And I prayed that God would send laborers into his harvest. I believe we need to pray that. Amen. And it's not just an option. I think it's a command. Mm-hmm. And so I... I was praying that, and I continued to pray that, and I still continue to pray that. And as I said, I didn't really know the direction that God was leading Joshua in, but it wasn't very long after that uh, he surrendered to the mission field. And it was so very, I I guess, you know, you have these moments where you think, wow, you know, God really did it. And I thought, God did this, but I never expected it to be my son. Uh I knew God would use him somehow. And... But we got to pray for him, and we've continued to pray, and God's blessed two of our daughters are married to men, and they're in the ministry. And uh, we continue to pray for all of our girls, for Joshua. Uh, because, you know, as well as I do, our, our ministry path is not always a straight line. Right. And we want them to continue wherever it is that God leads them and how he leads them to minister, that they'll do what he wants them to do and not what a person wants them to do. And so I've never, I think you pray for him, but then the second thing you don't do is pressure him. You don't pressure them because we have our preconceived ideas of what we want for our kids. Right. You know, every parent wants something better for their kids than what they had. And I think in our generation, we made the mistake of thinking that we knew better. And we don't. God's the one that knows better. So don't pressure them in one direction or another. Just encourage them to follow God's leading and, and help them to understand through the experiences of your own life as they're growing up 
that God takes care of us and God meets our needs no matter where it is that he sends us to serve. That way, that does away with some of the fear because one of the things, I mean, we're human and fear of the unknown is a very real thing. And so many young people today, they look at the world around them and the other people that they've grown up with and they're going into all these wonderful careers, these high paying jobs and everything. And they think, well, if I surrender to God, I'll starve to death. Right. Or I won't have what I need or whatever, you know, and God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And That's he right. has proven that so many times in our lives. And if we are uh, faithful to follow him, he's going to be faithful to take care of every need that we've got and teach that to your kids. Amen. So they're willing to do it. You know, I think uh, in, in listening to you, so many of us as parents, we, we want what's best for our children. But <clears throat> too often we get caught in the trap of it's all physical things that we want. We want them to have a better opportunity, better uh, a car, better home, better whatever it might be. And in my mind, as you were talking, went back to, to John, the book of John, when in John chapter 4, when Jesus was outside the city of Sychar with his disciples, and they had gone into the city and bought meat and came back out and, and said, Lord, here, eat. And he said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. He had met with the Samaritan woman and, and then he gave them that uh, discourse about the harvest and how it takes four months. And then he said, Behold, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. Already. You know what I think he was saying was get your, get your mind off of the physical mm-hmm. and get it onto the spiritual and see what I see. And I think if we took a little time to, to focus on the spiritual aspect of life more, than we do the physical. I think it would uh, greatly enhance us. Josh, I, I know you're currently engaged. Uh, you know, you're sent out of Hillside Baptist Church here in Springfield, Missouri. That's your a biblical authority sending church, and, and we recognize that. The missions office is simply a service center uh, to help you to, to get to where God's called you and to support you while you're there in conjunction with your church. You're on what we call deputation. And uh, Deputation is simply that period of time when missionaries travel around the United States and and they get into local churches and they have an opportunity to present the burden that God's given them, in your case, for the people of the Dominican Republic, and to convey that with the passion that God has called you to go back and take the gospel to them uh, and the urgency. And so you're asking churches to partner with you financially uh, to help you physically get there, but most of all, probably spiritually, yes, uh, to pray for you and that God would give you power. Tell us a little bit about that and, and where you're at in that process, would you? So right now we're, we are uh, about just about 18 months into uh, deputation 2.0, I like to call it, there as, you go. as a career missionary. Uh, and our goal is to uh, be back on the field uh, by February uh, right now, we're we are at about eighty percent of what we need uh, financially to get there, and but the Lord, uh, this whole last year, the Lord has just been dumping blessing after blessing after blessing, and I just I want to add something to what you said about the opportunity to present the burden. I think it's 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 it is that, but it's also uh, an opportunity to serve uh, whichever pastor you're with, whichever congregation you're with. And the Lord kind of flipped my thinking on that while I was on the field doing my internship. And we came back, and I, I haven't uh, – I've, I've tried really, really hard to focus on serving wherever I'm at. Not 
certainly we understand that the financial aspect is there. It's kind of like the elephant in the room, but I've just seen God since he, since he tweaked my thinking on that. And I, I tried to follow him in that every day. The Lord's just been dumping blessing after blessing on us. And so I ask, you know, anybody who's watching this, if you want to, uh, partner with us uh, for souls in the Dominican Republic, it'll, it'll, like we've been the drum we've been beating. It's ripe unto harvest. Good, and so uh, you can participate in that. So you're planning to you and Tia and your three children, one of them just six weeks old, yes, are planning to leave in February of 2022. That's just a few short months away. Yes, sir. And uh, and you do need some some more supporters, some more partners in the ministry. Yes, sir. So if someone would like to support you, they can contact you through Hillside Baptist Church. Uh, they could contact you through the missions office. Yes. If, if an individual, <clears throat> excuse me, wanted to support you, they can do that through their local church, yes. uh, through the missions program. Uh, certainly we don't want to solicit funds directly from people. We want it to come Correct. through the local church. That's right. Um, but... Uh, but we're praying also that God would call churches to partner with you to get you there to take the gospel. You're committed to go. You just need helpers to get you there. Yes, sir. And so uh, we we pray that that'll happen soon. Uh, I tell you, if if I appreciate you and Tia and your children and what God has called you to do, I appreciate parents like you, Roy, and, and your wife, Sherry, that stand behind your children and send them to the mission field without reservation knowing that wherever God wants them is the safest place for them. I mean, he knows what's better for them than I do. There you go. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to end this podcast. We've, we've talked about praying for laborers, praying for, for missionaries, praying for church workers, and, and uh, maybe a little different than we've normally done for the 938 podcast. And, and we didn't talk about this, but, but Roy, would you mind just closing us in prayer today and and thanking God for his call on Josh and Tia's life and, and their willingness to surrender and, and asking God to, to call more laborers. Dear Holy Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity just to uh, share the burden, Lord, that, that you gave to us that we would pray for laborers to come into the harvest, Lord. And yes. Truly, it is already white to harvest. Each day that passes by, souls die and go to hell yes. with no one to tell them of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you called my son. Lord, we need to remember this. We pray that you do answer. Mm. And when you answer, that we're willing to obey, both as parents, as pastors, as those who are called, Lord, that we give our kids back to you, that they'll serve you with a whole heart. In whatever capacity you've called them into, Lord, they'll strengthen the churches here at home, the ministries on the home front, that we're strong enough to support the missionaries that we send out. Lord, I pray that you'll continue, uh, Lord, even past this 938 Sunday to encourage the churches, uh, Lord, every day to pray for laborers to be sent out into the harvest. Lord, it seems that uh, the numbers of those who are willing to go over these past few years has dwindled. But Lord, I know that you're still calling. Yes, God. And Lord, I pray that those whom you call will answer. Lord, those of us who are here Staying by the stuff that will be faithful, Lord, to support them and encourage them and get them where they belong as quickly as we can before it's too late for the harvest. Yes. Lord, I pray for Joshua and Tia as they very quickly here will be winding down their 
deputation time, Lord, that you'll continue to meet their needs. I've watched several things this past year, Lord, that have been miraculous with COVID going on, how you've taken care of them and met their needs. And Lord, I pray that you'll continue to do that throughout the fall as they wind down their deputation and get them back on the field quickly. Yes, Lord, because uh, each day that they're gone, there's someone that needs to hear about Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.